0: All right. Let's turn on the Word of God to First Samuel twenty-seven. We'll start off there. First Samuel twenty-seven. Remember, remember, you have to say the books of the Bible. You're always glad when you have to. First Samuel, Second Samuel, First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles. Chronicles Those group right there was always real easy, right? <laughs> who who can say all the books of the Bible? I could. Oh man. I, uh, huh? Yeah right. I I have I have said them all. Could I just stand up and say them right away? I don't know, but uh, I have said them all. First Samuel twenty seven, and we'll read verses one through four. First Samuel twenty seven, verses one through four. Say this. And David said in his heart, "I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul." There's nothing better for me that I should speed, speedily escape. There's nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines. And Saul shall despair of me. To seek me any more in the coast of Israel, so shall I escape out of his hand. And David arose, and he passed over with the six hundred men that were with him unto Achish, the son of Maoch, king of Gath. And David dwelt with Achish at Gath. He and his men, every man with his household, even David, with his two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the Carmelitess, Nabal's wife. And it was told Saul that David was fled to Gath, and he sought no more again for him. Let's pray. Father, again, Lord, we thank you for your grace, and Lord, that we can come together in, uh, and, uh, Lord, unite our faith, unite our prayers. And, uh, hearts and, uh, Lord, we thank you for that. And, uh, Lord, we th- do think of the needs of, uh, others, Lord, people carrying, uh, uh burdens and, uh, dear God and Lord, I'm glad you're there. You said, come unto me, all that labor are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me for I'm meek and lowly in heart. My yoke is easy and my burden is light, Lord. So if we got a burden that seems heavy, Lord, we need to trade out with you. For your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And uh, Lord, help us just to trust you and rest in you and abide in you and lean on you and cast all our cares upon you. Lord, help each one, we pray. Lord, again, we thank you for those that have been witnessed to. Lord, take the word that they've heard. And Lord, through your spirit, Lord, work in those hearts, dear God, and open their eyes of understanding that they might see truth. And then, Lord, uh, believe that truth and allow you to change their life. And again, Lord, help us as we look at the word of God. Lord, help our desire to be towards you and give us a sensitive hearts and learning hearts. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. So if you were to read the uh, chapter 26 at the conclusion of the 26th chapter of 1 Samuel there, uh, David was on a, on a mountain peak, right, spiritually and emotionally. And that's where we like to be, right? We like to be on the mountain peak uh, spiritually and emotionally And uh, no doubt, uh, as those his men that were with him uh, could see the evidence of God's blessing on David's life. You know, it's a blessing when people can see the evidence of God's blessing on our life. That's what we want. Not in a prideful way, but we just want people to see that what we have, our walk is real. That what we have uh, is is real. And one, not that they would think anything of us, but that would, you know, Give them that desire to say, hey, man, what is different? What is it about them? Right? And desire that. Well, they could see that in David's life. (laughs) So when you understand that, it makes it kind of surprising how chapter 27 starts out. Right? You see, uh, here, he just came off this uh, great victory, if you will, or blessing. But then we see how uh, verse 1 of chapter 27 says this. And David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that, that I should speedily escape in the land of the Philistines, and Saul shall despair of me to seek me any more in any coast of Israel, so shall I escape of his hand. Boy, you look at that verse and you say, man, this doesn't uh, look like the David I expect to see, that great warrior, that great uh, psalmist of Israel, that great man after David's own heart. Boy, that's, <laughs> that's what I'd expect to, to see out of him. Boy, sometimes we can be, you know, surprised. That shows you that as we see all through the Word of God, the best of men can get down. And and so uh, sometimes we're, we're surprised what we see in, in people's lives as they go through things. You know, and especially as we read through the Word of God, how often we see in the lives of believers in the Bible, that's why I'm. That's you know, that's why we know God gave us the Bible because you know, if men got to write each section about themselves, you know they they would have left some of that stuff out. I guarantee you, if David could have decided say, well, you know, hey God, just before you put all that stuff in your word, you mind if I just read through it and you know, you mind uh, uh, if I hey, you sure you want to put this in there about me, Lord? Huh? I'm sure David would have left some stuff out, right? <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, some of the other great men of God would have left some stuff out. Uh, Peter, they don't need to know that about me, right? And uh, others. But, you know, God put it all in there, and aren't you glad he did? Because what do we see? Like, what what does it say about Elisha and James, right? He was a man of like passions, that they were no different than us. And that's good to know. Not that we rejoice in their failures, but we let them see that, hey, listen, you you know, things are going to happen in life, and God will still... Uh, uh, use you. So, we see often after great victory, a time of discouragement and defeat. You know, Elijah is one of the great examples of that we looked at recently. But at the time, we need to remember this, at the time of great victory in our life, we often feel like, here we are, we're on this big spiritual or emotional high, if you will, this mountain peak, we often feel as the, the, the fuel or energy or whatever excitement of that victory will help us go on and continue. Like, man, hey, you just feel like that moment. Like, hey, it's always going to be like this. Man, I, hey, if, if every day of my Christian life or my life was like this, oh, man, whew, I tell you, I wouldn't be able to come down off the, uh, uh, the ceiling. That'd be good stuff. But usually after a victory, right, the devil's right there planning something to try and defeat us. Uh, I, I wrote it this way. While we are celebrating, the devil is uh, deliberating, right, <laughs> what he can do. When our life is being enjoyed, the devil is annoyed. <laughs> How true is that? When our life is being enjoyed, when our Christian life is being enjoyed, the devil is annoyed by that. And so when you see that uh, notice what verse 2 says. And David arose. He says, Hey, listen, I need to get out of here. I need to go to the Philistines. It says, And David arose and he passed over with the 600 men. So notice what it does say. It says, David arose and he passed over. David arose and he passed over. That's what it does say. <laughs> what doesn't it say? David arose and he prayed over. That's what it doesn't say. It says he arose and passed over. It doesn't say he arose and prayed over. In these verses, there's no mention of David calling on God, no mention of him thinking about God or considering God. There's nothing said about God in these verses. And what does Philippians 4, 6 tell us? No matter what's going on in our life, no matter how we feel, no matter what the situation is, what does Philippians 4, 6 say? Anybody quote it? Right? How does it start off? Be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing, but what? In everything, but in everything, but what? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. This says, be careful for nothing. That word nothing means not even one, not a single one, right? Don't leave anything out, right? But in everything, that it means, right? And when in, don't leave anything out, include everything, right? Don't leave one thing out, right. And a hundred percent. Right. God wants us to pray and uh, in prayer and supplication. So while the joy of victory. While the joy of victory can carry over to other days. I mean, we're glad that, you know, we can have a victory and we can, you know, enjoy the blessings of that for a, a few days or however long it works out. We must remember not to rest in the victory, but even in the times of victory, We need that to daily continue to walk with the Lord, right? I don't think I can overemphasize the fact, and that's why I say it all the time, the most important thing in your life, no matter if everything's going great, everything's going bad, or if you're on the top of the mountain, if you're down in the valley, you're on your way up, or you're on your way down, doesn't matter what it is, the most important thing in your life is your daily active personal relationship with the Lord, because that's where most people... Uh, mess up and so, say, oh man, I can't believe that happened. They were in church all the time. Well, they were, maybe they were in church all the time, but did they have a daily active personal relationship with the Lord uh, all the time? So, right, first look at verse one again. Verse one says, and David said in his heart, how quickly we can go from believing and having a fixed authority like God's word to reasoning, to reasoning. Well, I think of some of my friends. I, I had a friend call me this week and uh, tell me something. He said, oh, man, I, I just want you to know that I've decided to uh, do this or become this. And I'm like, he said, yeah, I know what you're thinking. And, you know, and what did he do? He started reasoning on why he made that change. Right? didn't give me any scripture. He just started reasoning on why he did that. I look at some of my other friends have gotten the way, And you know what? They never, they never go to the Bible. They never give me a biblical explanation. They never show me how, hey, I've had this revelation from the Word of God, and I, I believe this now. They never turn the Word. They just, you know, it's normally just some reasoning that they came up with. And that's what David did. He began to reason. The word reason means to debate. Whenever you begin to debate, if you will, God's faithfulness, whenever you begin to debate His faithfulness, instead of resting in God's faithfulness, you're headed in the wrong direction. David did not pray it out. He reasoned it out. And he came to the conclusion in his own heart, in his own thinking, right? In his heart, he reasoned this and thought it out. He didn't pray about it. We need to consider how many things we are involved in or have been involved in that we do not pray about. How many times do we catch ourselves or do we think after we've started something or maybe even after we did something, either I should be praying about this or I should have prayed about this, right? When we must pray in faith, believing, because prayerlessness often leads to unbelief or unbelief can slip in. That's why we talked about recently building up ourselves in our most holy faith, how praying in the Holy Ghost. And prayerlessness and unbelief usually lead to wrong conclusions when trying to figure things out. When you are not allowing faith and prayer to lead you in the right to the right conclusion, right? You often come to the wrong conclusion and make a bad decision. Because God gives us clear teaching, right? He often gives us clear teaching in the word of God or he gives us a solid promise about something, but something happens even in even in when things are going good, right? And we get caught up in the moment or we get caught up in the emotion and we go to reasoning and unbelief reasoning and unbelief you know uh, now here of course he gets down after a big moment but listen whether whether things are going great or things are going bad don't make his decisions based on emotion that's why I often tell people when when a tragedy comes in their life I said don't make any you know I think, you know, my dad right now, hey, would I like to uh, 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 see my dad? Would I like my dad to be near me or this or that? But you know what? I say, he doesn't need, I say, you don't need to make any quick decision unless there's like some absolute reason, right, that affects it. But, you know, you can you make a quick decision, bad or good. It can be wrong if it's based just on emotion. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. God's word is the only source of faith. It's the only thing we should look to for faith. Now, other things that can happen we can look to, they might encourage our faith. They might strengthen our faith. They might prove our faith, right, as we go through things. But it's God's word that gives us faith. You know, as I look back over my Christian life, I see a lot of things that, uh, that have happened and that have encouraged my faith and things that have strengthened my faith and, and helped me along the way, but they didn't give me faith. <laughs> I've only looked to one thing for my faith, the Word of God is the source of my faith. And of course, David had a promise. David had a promise. 1 Samuel 16, 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah, right? He'd already been anointed king. He'd already been guaranteed that he was going to be king. So he already had a promise that he could have been holding on to. But unfortunately, unfortunately, often when we are down, what do we do? We put down, if you will, the things that will sustain us and guide us, right? We put down, right? Uh, uh, prayer, God's word, faith. Now That's kind of, and, and so here it is. He'd already been promised he was going to be king. And he, and you know, he had said this in another place too about death. Again, David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. Obviously, he wasn't trusting God or claiming God's promise right there. Because how could he, how, if he was to perish, if there's really a chance of him perishing, then obviously God's will wasn't going to be fulfilled. God's promise to him wasn't going to be fulfilled. So he's just like saying, what? God, you failed me. Lord, you let me down. And as believers, we must remember, right? We think, oh man, I could die. We must remember between us and death is the providence of God. We have His providential care over us. We have to remember that He is in control. That's why, you know, uh, sometimes when I, when, I, when I did mission work, and people say, oh, you know, how could you go in there? How could you do, how do that? I say, listen, you think, you think I'm just going in there to get a story? You think I'm just going in there to say I did that? Uh, hopefully, I, I try to never do that. I said, listen, I would not even be going there except one thing. I think that's the will of God, that God told me To go there, and you better make sure that God uh, is leading there in case something happens. You know that it was in the will of God. But we so we know this we have His providential care over us, that He's in control of our lives if we're His, and we're doing our best to be in His will. We must say, I will not spend the rest of my life worrying about how I'm going to die. That's a terrible way to live life. You know, I mean, in, 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 I see people here in America in, in, a, in a very safe place run, run around worrying about how they're going to die. You know, sure, it, it crosses our mind. You know, I, I remember being in, in situations where, you know, uh, where I, uh, I really thought to myself, you know what? I could die here. Have I ever thought about that when I was out doing something? Surely I thought about that. It didn't, but you know what? It didn't make me turn around and go back. I, I, I still went on with whatever uh, the mission was at the time, but, you know, that went through my mind. But I just said, hey, listen, I, uh, I believe it's God's will for me to be here. And what I didn't feel like, you know, he wanted me to die. I'm glad he didn't, you know, right? I always joked, I got to go. I don't have to come back. I want to come back. I want to see mama again. Amen. I want to see uh, the, the, the kids again. But we need to understand, listen, we trust God if we're in his will. He's in control. We, must, we shouldn't spend the rest of our life worrying about how I'm going to die if I keep my eyes on Jesus Christ and know that he cares for me. There is no doubt the Lord has kept us from untold number of things, including many dangers. That's the way Brother Wood feels every time he drives with me. The Lord has kept me now from much danger, right? We must, we must trust his protecting hand. I'm like, man, you need to... Anyways. Right. So listen, how can we do better? Now, think about this. He's where. Oh, listen, Saul, this. Listen, how can we do better than knowing God's providence, God's protection and God's promises are with us? Second Corinthians one twenty for all the promises of God in him, yea, in Jesus are yea and in him. Amen. Under the glory of God by us. David should have David should have pulled out that promise, if you will, right? He should have pulled out 1 Samuel 16, 13, if you will. We know he didn't have it written down at the time, but he could have pulled it out. He had it in his heart, and he should have just said, Yay and amen. Listen, uh, I don't know what's going on here, but I know that God's in control. I know He's called me uh, uh, to be king. I know everything's going to be all right, and I just need to keep trusting Him. And that's what we need to do. When things happen, we just need to pull out that promise. Amen. And claim it. And just pick out that promise that applies to your situation and just say yay and amen. Uh, Psalm 103, verse 2 says this: Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits toward uh, and forget not all his benefits. Note the words there, forget not. The reality is, unfortunately, sometimes we do forget his benefits towards us and we get caught up in the situation like David did, right? Anyone besides me guilty of that? Sure, I've been guilty of that. And what happens? We go to reasoning. And when we go to reasoning, especially when we're in a difficult situation, what do we want? We want temporary relief. I remember uh, talking to somebody recently, all right? They were going through a, 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 they were going through a, a, a difficult situation, right? And they called me up and said, uh, Brother Stewart, you know what? Uh, this situation is just overwhelming. I just think this is what I ought to do. He said, what do you think? I said, well, that just sounds stupid to me. <laughs> you know, I said, no, that's not the will of God. You, know, you, you, you just so at the situation. You know, one, two, three, that these are clearly the will of God. These things are clearly the will of God. And so why do you think God would lead you to something that would Get you away from that or get you against that. Those aren't the will of God. You, need to, you just need to stay put, and you just need to trust God with this situation and let him work it out, right? And he called me back about three days later, and he had a smile back on his face. Amen? Things were starting to work out. But boy, you know, that, that quick, we can make a quick decision and change everything because we want temporary relief, which is, ends up being temporary failure, and that's what David did. David, oh, look at this situation. Man, I'm going to die by Saul. I need relief. I need help. Now think about this. Look at verse 1 again. And David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. Completely, right, neglecting God's promise to him. There is, look at this, there's nothing better for me. Man, man. David says, there's something, nothing better for me. Well, David, what's what, what do you got to do? There's nothing better for you than what? Then I should escape to the land of the Philistines. Now, think about this. Think about what he's saying there when he says, there's nothing better for me than to escape to uh, the Philistines. Right? He he. So what did he do? He ran to his enemies. What kind of reasoning is this? See how Satan... And situations can twist our mind. Now, here's what he's saying. The God who loves me, the God who cares for me like no one else, has failed me. The God who loves me and cares for me and gave me a promise, right? And watches over me like no one else. He's failed me. So you know what? The best thing I can do is go to my enemy and see how they will help me and care for me. <laughs> Think about that. The God who loves you and cares you and has done everything for you, he's failed you. So, well, I got an idea. Since God's failed you, go to your enemy. See what they'll do to care for you and help you. But you know what? That's what a lot of people do when, they, when they're serving the Lord and something happens. You know, That's what this person said to me the other day. Brother, I've just, you know, I've been trying to serve the Lord and this happens. I said, you better get over that right now. Don't give me no pity. I say, listen, you can have a pity party. Listen, you want sympathy? You want somebody to put your armor on you? you want to say, I'm glad to do that for you. But if you want to have a pity party, I'm probably the wrong person to call. I'm just going to be honest with you about that. It doesn't mean I want to have sympathy for you or whatever that situation. But if you want to call and whine and have a pity party, call somebody else. And then when you get over your pity party, then you can call me. right? And because I, I told him, I said, "Listen, you need this, this thing about, oh, well, I've been serving the Lord and this happens to me. Welcome to the real world. Welcome to the real service of the Lord. That's right. Of course the devil's going to attack you. You're trying to do something for God, like we talked about the other day. So he says what? He said, "God's failed me, so let me see how my enemy will help me." That makes a lot of sense. But, of course, it couldn't be a permanent fix. It could only be a temporary fix because we know what God's will was for his life. In our weak moments in life, if you do not turn to God, if you don't turn to God, you can be sure the devil will always have a place, a person, or a project for you to turn to. I guarantee you. Hey, he'll find you a place to run off to, like this person wanted to the other day. Or he'll find a person, you know, oh, I can't believe they treated that, that way, right? He'll find a person to uh, show up or he'll find a project, right, for you to get distracted by. He'll do that. It may work, but only for a while. You must determine if you want to live. To live we see that was a short term fix. You must determine if you want your life to be about the long term or the short term. Hey, I want to live according to the long term, right? Trusting God that whatever it is, I'll get through this. And in the long term, right, he'll work it out. In the long term, I'll see that he's faithful. I look back at things that I've gone through. And again, as I say before, look back over 30-something years, and what do we say? he do with all things well. Didn't under, don't understand it. Doesn't mean it still doesn't hurt. Still doesn't mean that, you know, I, I get it all figured out, but I can, say, I can stand up. And I can say, despite everything, he doeth all things well. He's faithful. So you must determine if you want to live according to the long term or short term. That was a short term decision he was making. How you respond in your moments of weakness, despair, discouragement, loneliness will make the difference. Again, turn over to Psalm 103. And we'll read some verses from that quickly. Now, again, verse 2 said, forget not all his benefits. Boy, listen, let's read a few of these verses together and see. He says, forget not all his benefits. And look at the blessings of God. Boy, if you're going through something or the devil's getting your mind, this is good scripture to turn to. Psalm 103. Matter of fact, the first when we started our first church in Bulgaria, the first service, this is the psalm we read, Psalm 103. It says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Well, what are some of his benefits? Who forgiveth all my iniquities, who healeth all my, thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness?" And tender mercies. How could you not trust a God like that? Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins and rewarded us according to our negative. Well, that's enough to say amen right there. Aren't you glad? Verse 11, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Verse 14, for he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. Oh, listen, he knows how fragile you are. He knows how, he knows, listen, he knows, he knows, I know, some. oh, this he doesn't listen. Uh, he said he wouldn't put on me, put more than I can bear. He won't. Sometimes you put more on yourself than you can bear. You see, when people say that, a lot of times what they're doing is just reaping some things. They sowed. Listen, we can trust him. We can trust him. Psalm 103, read, listen. Thank God when we're, when we're feeling down, we need to turn to the Word of God. We need to turn to these psalms. We need to turn to those promises and trust Him and trust Him. So as we finish up here, remember this. Be aware that our victories can set the stage for our defeat if we just rest in our victories. and th- Instead of just thank God for that victory, enjoy the, 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 the victory while you can. But listen, be sure you continue that daily act of personal relationship with the Lord. If we do not keep steady in our daily walk with God, make sure you are taking matters to the Lord, not just when you feel like it. Boy, we're quick to take those, you know, uh, 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 burdens and heavy things to the Lord. No, everything to the Lord in prayer. Don't seek the easy way out. Seek the right way out. Well, that's this person I was talking to the other day when they said that to me. Boy, I I, I, I said a few things to him. You know what? I said, you know what illustration I sent him? You know the story of the butterfly, right? You ever read about the butterfly trying to get out of the cocoon? And you know, you've heard the story about the guy, he saw the butterfly uh, struggling to get out of the cocoon. So you know what he did? He went and clipped it to make it easier. For the butterfly to get out of the cocoon, what happened? The butterfly died because that struggle was necessary if you read about the butterfly to strengthen his wings and also to put the uh, the, the coating that goes on his wings so that he 's able to fly if he didn 't go through that struggle he 'd never be able to fly and we'd never be able to enjoy his beauty I read him, I sent him that story I said, you need to read this read the story of the, the, the butterfly the, uh, and uh, how when it goes from a, a, a caterpillar to a butterfly and then how it gets out of its cocoon. And boy, he, said, he wrote me back. He said, yep, he said, that, that helped me. I said, listen, you just need to stay in this thing and trust the Lord to take you through it. Don't look for the easy way out. Don't look for the shortcut. Of course, it's not easy, but here's the thing. But I, I, told, I said to him, I said, this is what strengthens our faith. If you don't stay with God through this situation, if you don't trust God through this situation, right, then as you walk with God, it's these moments that give you the authority and depth when you're trying to be a witness to people because you you can share these things that that God's helped you through these things and you can help others. Don't seek the easy way out. Seek the right way out. Be prepared for death. Hey, the Lord's will be done by being at peace with God, by being at peace with others, and being at peace in your own heart. Live for the long term, not the short term. Stay in God's will, the safest place of all. Let's pray.